Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <sighs> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm, we're not robots, so that's good. <laughs> uh, with me, as always, got Ryan. How's it going, Ryan? Good. How are you, Kurt? Uh, good. Good. Yeah. Just uh, enjoying the nice weather while we got it. You know, it's not going to be with us for long. And here in Vancouver area, it's like once it starts raining, like that's it. It's usually just a straight shot through till spring, like late yep, spring. Just even. Yeah, it just doesn't stop. No, no. After a certain while, though, like, I think, like, some people are like, oh, the rainbow sucked. I'm like, you know what? You just get used to it. You just, you just work around it. You find a way. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then also with us, as always, is Spark. How's it going, Spark? Hey, yo. Just got back from the gym. Eating a yogurt, ready to party. Nice. Yeah. It's funny how, like, as kids, we're all into yogurt. And then I think there's a phase where people get out of yogurt. And then as we get older, we get back into yogurt. It's like the cycle, of, cycle of yogurt. I'm a yogurt guy again. I also could be the episode title this week, Cycle of Yogurt. Yeah, we need to bring <laughs> yogurt tubes back. Totally. But like this time, bring it like with like a little bit of granola and some berries in it, so it's like a little healthier. Yeah. A little, little, par, little parfait tube. Yeah. Like just kind of like, you know... Just to make it healthy, but then it's like, it would also just be like, yeah, like the tube like you had when you were a kid. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. There's some business awesome. to be had with this, I swear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the biggest news this week is Taylor Swift announced her Eras Tour uh, movie, which is like, I guess, I don't know. I'm not a Swifty, so excuse me for <laughs> my ignorance, but like, um... I think it's, like, her most recent concert tour. Like, they're just showing that concert in, like, in a movie. So, uh, unsurprisingly, it's, uh, it's broken all sorts of records, I guess. Um, biggest pre-sales, like, I beat Spider-Man No Way Home's pre-sale record, which is, like, the biggest up until this point. It's just crazy. Uh, to the point where The Exorcist, the new Exorcist movie, was supposed to come out the same date as it. Which... Excuse me, Taylor Swift, but you're coming out on October 13th, Friday the 13th. That's kind of like most horror movies, like, oh, man, we'll do Friday the 13th. That's going to be a great day to put out a movie. You fucked over so many people, Taylor. Come on. What the fuck? Um, yeah, that's crazy. So now they're coming out a week earlier. Uh, so I guess it would be like October 6th, I think. 
Um, so, yeah, if you're excited for that uh, Exorcist movie, I guess you get to watch it a week earlier, which is good, but, yeah, just crazy. The power of the Swifties. Yeah, I couldn't, um, I was trying to buy tickets for The Equalizer on Thursday, and they made you wait in a, wait in a queue um, for like 10 minutes before you could even access the app, and then the app, you couldn't use your AMC rewards. They uh, they banned it for Taylor, but then I guess they just decided to ban it for everyone Lovely. Um, to make more money. So then I had to wait four or five hours until the app like worked again because the Swifties were ruining it. That sucks. And um, yeah, are you are you gonna go see Taylor Swift? Spark, are you gonna go see this movie? <laughs> no. Fair. What about you, Brian? Are I mean, show up for it. Um, I think it would have to take a very strange amount of circumstances for me to go watch that movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't really see myself doing that. Fair. I my it's not even hate. Sorry. Oh, I'm saying it's not even hate. The only album of hers that I actually listened to was Red. Okay. And yeah. so, and like a little bit of 1989. So I wouldn't even enjoy it just because I wouldn't know a lot of the songs. True. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It's not hate. I just. Uh, yeah, just not a Swifty. I, I wouldn't call myself a Swifty, so I don't think I'd watch it. Fair. Uh, I tell my fiance, I'm like, if you want, I can get a ticket so we can go. And then she's like, no, it's okay. I'll go with my girls. I'm like, fine. <laughs> that works for me. I'm off nice. the hook. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. All right. Fantastic Four. Uh, there's more casting rumors. God damn, this never ends. There's just casting rumors every fucking week for this movie at this point. Um, this one's for Fantastic Four, though. Uh, sorry, in particular for Doctor Doom. Uh, Oppenheimer star Josh Hartnett being eyed for MCU's Doctor Doom. That's, that's interesting casting, because Josh Hartnett used to be a big deal, and then for some reason he just disappeared. Now he's back, I guess. Yeah, I mean... I... Sorry, go ahead, you. No, no, no you're good, you're good. Oh, I was just going to say the Christopher Nolan effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I noticed him, I think, for one of the first times in the most recent season of Black Mirror, and then uh, he was in Oppenheimer as well. But I, I liked him in both, so... Yeah. He's a good actor, it's just... Yeah. I remember him from, like... Um, oh my gosh, like, he was in that... There was, like, a movie with Ben Affleck. It was, like... It was, like, some World War II movie. God damn it, I'm forgetting it now. I'll, it'll come to me eventually. But he was big in the 2000s. Like, Josh Hartnett was big in the 2000s. And then he just... He didn't die, but his career died. So. Um, yeah. I don't know. Busy Doctor Doom. Oh. Was he in Pearl Harbor? That's it, yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about how do you feel about him playing Doctor Doom? I think he could do it. I mean, also, yeah. I haven't seen him in a lot. I think the last well before 
um, before Oppenheimer, he was in a movie I was watching for a review, Operation Fortune. And I was just mm. very surprised when he popped up in that. I'm like, oh, you're still alive. I'm surprised. That's, <laughs> that's a Nazi movie? Uh, Operation Fortune? No, I don't think it was. Okay, I'm thinking was, of something else. No, it was like some movie starring um, Jason Statham and um, uh, Hugh Grant. And it was by Guy Ritchie. Like one of the oh, the Guy Ritchie movie. movie. Yeah. Yes. Aubrey Plaza's in that. Yes. Oh, I saw that. What is, who is he in that movie? Uh, he was Danny in that movie. Oh, okay. Funny thing I is, just, like, all those recent uh, movies from Guy Ritchie have apparently had Josh Hartnett in them, but I just don't remember him in a lot of movies. He's actually been in a lot of stuff, apparently. Like, I'm yeah. looking at his IMDb. He still was in stuff. I just never noticed him for the longest oh. time. But good for him. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like... Yeah, like, 2008, 2009, he was big. And then, yeah, like, he kind of drifts off in, like, the 2010s and then picks up again in 2019. So... And yeah, like his two most recent roles are uh, Oppenheimer and Black Mirror. So he was really good in that Black Mirror episode too. Um, he can totally do kind of like the. I wouldn't say he was like a bad guy necessarily in that episode, but um, mm. I, he can kind of do that quiet, sinister type. I'd be interested to see if he is Doctor Doom because I think he could play it well. But honestly, I don't think Doctor Doom like you need somebody super crazy. Like they're a they're going to be under a mask for most of the time, so you'd have to have somebody who's comfortable with that. But then B yeah. like you just have to like menacingly laugh most of the time, you know? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I'm not saying this in a bad way, but like. The, the bar to clear Dr. Doom was quite low, for me at least. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I remember at one point, I think, like, uh, a rumor was uh, Giancarlo Esposito was going to do it for mm. a bit. That was the rumor. But now, apparently, the rumor is he's going to be in a new DC movie. So I thought he would have been good as Dr. Doom as well. He could do the, he could do the laugh. Yeah, he could. For sure. Cool. Well, we'll see what happens with this, if it actually comes to fruition or not. I have my doubts. Um, yeah. Uh, Disney Plus shelved two shows that they had fully completed, but they're never going to release them, and it's just so bizarre. Um, yeah, the shows were The Spiderwick Chronicles and Nautilus. Both had been filmed, completed, were ready to be shown, and they, didn't. again, did not see the light of day, which is so weird. Like, I'm not saying they were going to be good shows or anything, but, like, if you filmed them, like, put them out. Who cares at that point? Like, try to at least get some money for your production and all that, but... That's, did they give a reason as to why? Um, uh, I don't think they did. Um... 
Apparently, they're being shopped around to others, so I'm guessing it's probably like a financial thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they don't say exactly why, but they do say that, yeah, apparently they're trying to shop the shows around to like Paramount Plus and other streaming services, so. But, yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, these shows were announced at like Disney Plus Day 2021, so literally like, yeah, two years ago. So, we'll see. Apparently, you might still see them on another streaming service, but it's still just so weird to see uh, Disney Plus, like, not even show a show that they filmed and all that. But, yeah. Um, but I also do wonder if it's uh, C- Disney CEO Bob Iger just kind of trimming the fat, so to speak, from Disney Plus. I mean, as much as some people may hate to admit it, like, there's... A lot of stuff that goes to Disney Plus that's not that great. Uh, it does cost them money, so you know maybe this is him looking at that those two shows and just going, no, not these two. All right, uh, we are getting a second season of She-Hulk: Attorney at Law, according to a new rumor. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I. I gave the the first season a shot, and it and it was it was a show. That's the best thing I could say. It was a show. It was definitely a show. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just never really worked for me. I don't know. And then the ending really just kind of got things in a not too great spot. And like I wanted to give the show a good solid chance, but yeah, it was just it was not working for me. Um, yeah. What about you, Ryan? You excited for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 2? Um, I'm interested. I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm interested. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm just curious. I don't, that, that was quite a season. It was definitely a season of a TV show. Yeah. 100%. What about you, Spoon? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to watch that, but I will, um, <laughs> I'll watch, like, recaps in case there's anything that, like, matters, but they've, they've lost after that first season, no thank you. I, I didn't mind the, um, I like the Daredevil episodes. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I would be curious to see if they keep the writers... If they keep the writers, I'd be concerned. If they bring in like new writers, I, I would give it a chance, probably. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. Like, do you guys know? Like, was that was that um, season like successful? Like, would they have considered that successful? I just don't. I don't. Kind of hard was. to tell when it's. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was. But at the same time, too, yeah. it's like. Marvel nowadays introduces these characters and it's like, what are you going to do? Have the next Avengers and then everyone shows up except for She-Hulk? Like, I don't know, I feel like Disney's definitely got this obligation nowadays where it's like, once you introduce these characters, like, you kind of have to do something with them. Um, I would have been fine if, like, She-Hulk just showed up in, like, World War Hulk, that movie that they're making, or the new, um, like, that, uh, Daredevil show, the new Daredevil Born Again show that they're doing, like, I, I would have just 
not done a second season of She-Hulk and just had her show up in other stuff, but I don't know. Hopefully they have a good idea of what they're doing with this, because I think a lot of people got upset when they watched like the last episode of that uh, season when it was like, let's go visit Kevin, and it's just like, <laughs> and then you hear of all the... Like, afterwards they gave interviews and they had all these ideas of ways to close out the show and said they went with that. And I'm like, that's just bad. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, it's, you gotta replace the writers. You can't have the same writers doing this because if they do, I don't have any hope that it's gonna be good. But. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I do agree with you because I, I liked, um, I don't remember her name, but whoever played She-Hulk. I liked her. I, I think you're right. It's, if they get get new writers in, then it could be better. Tatiana Maslany, I think is her name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, yeah. Like I said, bring in new writers, kind of just clean up their writing a little bit. You might actually have something decent. Yeah. Although, I will say, Tatiana Maslany's been making some critical comments of Bob Liger recently, so I don't know. Maybe... Whoa. <laughs> Maybe she might cry that she doesn't have a show when she gets back. Kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. um, okay. Uh, Marvel shuffles the Disney Plus premiere dates. Uh, this is undoubtedly due to the strike. Uh, and now, I think, they changed the name of Coven of Chaos, which was going to be the name of... Um, yeah, it was originally going to be called Agatha Coven of Chaos. It's now called Agatha Darkhold Diaries. So, uh, but that is coming to us October 2024. So, almost a year from now. Um, yeah, we were originally going to get Echo on November 29th, but that's now coming January 2024. Um... Yeah, X-Men 97 didn't get an official date, but apparently it's been shuffled a little bit. Um, yeah, the only show that's set to come out on its original date is Loki Season 2, which is still set to come out on October 6th. So, that's... <laughs> at least there's Loki Season 2. Hopefully that's good. Um, I would be very disappointed if that didn't didn't at least be good yeah i agree but iron heart's been taken off the calendar altogether so i mean i wouldn't take that to mean anything else aside from they just don't want to give a new release date until after the strike i've seen some people be like oh maybe iron heart's canceled like no i don't think it is i think it's just they don't want to it's easier to take it off the calendar and then when the strike ends they can put everything back on and give them proper dates so um yeah and like i said uh x-men 97 daredevil born again and the waterman show all still don't have dates and never really did so um they probably got shuffled around but you probably don't know because they didn't actually have dates to begin with so yeah all right what do you guys think of uh loki season two being uh potentially the only marvel show we're getting this year I love Loki. It's my favorite show, so give it to me. Yeah, I 
I like Loki as well. I think that I I don't mind that. I, mean, I don't know if it's intentional, but I don't mind them like taking the foot off the gas and just giving us one good one. Apparently, there is a chance that we might get Marvel's What If season two like around the holidays this year. So there is that. That's not a like fully set in stone yet, but like yeah. So there there is that too. Like if you want to count that, I guess uh, that potentially could be coming as well. So cool. Um. And the, some people are speculating that X-Men 97 is pretty much practically completed and could probably come out early 2024, but, again, no real set date for that. Um, okay. Uh, Ahsoka. We got a new look at Ezra Bridger revealed with runtimes for the upcoming episodes 4 and 5. Uh, anyone else here been watching Ahsoka? No, no, no. no. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's it's been a good show, been very reliable compared to other Disney Plus shows, which is very shocking. Um, episode four is apparently around forty-two minutes, uh, thirty-eight minutes without credits, um, and then episode five is approximately forty-nine minutes. People got all upset because episode three was only like 30 minutes. People were like, oh my god, you're not giving me any more of my show. And then <laughs> people are now like, calm down, you're getting your show. Um, cool. And then on to some DC news. The Batman Part 2 rumored to introduce uh, some new characters, including Robin, Dick Grayson, as well as Clayface. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I mean, look, they they absolutely crushed it. So, like, whatever. <laughs> like, I think I'm gonna hold off criticism for now. That's I don't like when they usually when superhero movies try to introduce a lot of new characters, it goes poorly. Yeah. Uh, but Matt Matt Reeves, I will shut up until I see it. Yeah, and like, I'm fine with them bringing in Robin because. We haven't had Robin in a Batman movie in a while. Um, I have a feeling that Andy Muschietti, Brave and the Bold, will have some version of the Bat family in it. Um, yes. So, like, I feel like that's a safe bet, but, like, I'd be curious. Like, I know, obviously, like, we kind of know that the Matt Reeves Batman trilogy is just going to be just a trilogy, and that's it. It's going to be done after that. But, like, I don't know. I'm going to say, like, go well. Go do something different. Like... I don't know. It would be kind of interesting to, like, show Dick Grayson Robin as, like, a fucked up kid that he just comes across and he's like, great, you can also smash in uh, criminals' faces with me. Like, I don't know, I'm just curious how they handle uh, Robin in this universe, and I don't know, I think there's room for it. Uh, as for Clayface, I don't know, like, the first... Uh, Batman movie was very grounded, like Riddler was a pretty realistic villain, I mean Penguin was also pretty realistic too I'm kind of wondering how you do Clayface, because he's a little bit more fantastical, like maybe they focus more on his shape-shifting abilities, because that's kind of something that he, it's kind of like his thing, he can like transform into other people and I can see that like if somebody could transform into somebody else, you could like kind of make some cool little 
like, uh, you know, kind of thriller about that. Like, oh, he's posing as the mayor and telling everyone to shut down the city or move a criminal here. Or, like, I don't know, that could be kind of cool. I'd be down for that. Uh, yeah, I agree. Clay, Clayface could be cool. Clayface definitely could, if, if it's done right. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Robin, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, I think it'd be... Uh, I just feel like it's a lot to do in one movie. Yeah. But it, maybe if they introduce him and that, like, introduce Dick Grayson and then he's Robin in the third one, but I just feel like that's a lot in one movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, who knows if he would even, like, suit up or if he would just be, like, Dick Grayson, but, like, you work up to him being Robin. Right. Maybe at the end of the movie he puts on a costume? I don't know. What about you, Spark? Would you like to see Robin? Would you be okay with that? I like what you just said, where he's in a, kind of like the Dark Knight Rises, um, even though that's absolutely not Robin's origin story, yeah, like, yeah. but like, at all. But <laughs> I did <laughs> like the idea that it was a reveal at the end, like, hey, like, what's your name or whatever? Like, that's fine. Where he's just a character, I am uninterested. It, I just think it's too much of a jump. Like, yeah. you got to, to have in costume making moves. But sure, if it's a character and then at the end we find out who he is, that is just fine. Part of me thinks, too, this movie's just missing a little oomph right now. Like, Clayface, not that interesting of a character. Um, like, I don't know. Something tells me you gotta do one other, like, big character. Like, I, I know they introduced the Joker, and, like, I'd be curious if they bring in the Joker in this one. Or if they, like, shelf him for a third movie. But, yeah. Like, I am kind of curious, like, if there would be another villain in this, or if it's just Clayface. Because something tells me... Like, as much as I like Clayface, I can't see him being interesting enough to carry a whole movie, but maybe Matt Reeves has this really cool idea for Clayface that's gonna, you know, make him interesting enough that he could carry a whole movie, but... Anyways. We'll, we'll find out more, I'm sure. I don't think that movie is gonna be coming out for quite some time, because I don't think they're gonna be able to start production until March of 2024, so... Yeah, probably quite a ways away until we can hear more. Uh, and then Joker Fale Adieu. Uh, the composer confirms there's going to be a lot of music in the movie. So <laughs> if that's your thing, cool. If that's not your thing, I'm sorry. I probably just made it worse. Uh, but I don't know. What do you What do you two think of all this music in the Joker sequel? Um. I am not into it, but again, I will see it and hold judgment. I like musicals. I just don't think I'm going to like a superhero musical or even a superhero movie that just has like two songs. But could be wrong, and I'm going no matter what. Yeah, I, I'm. It's, yeah, I'm just curious. I, I would. I'm. I just. It's kind of crazy to me. A superhero musical. I'd love to do that. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be good. Yep. Yeah. I'm curious. 
I feel like at this point, the first Joker movie created such a following that, like, people are going to see it regardless, but, yeah. I, I do need, I think I would need to see a trailer first. Like, if I see the trailer and I see how they're executing on it, that might sell me on it more, but for now, I don't know. I'm a little on the fence. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and review a few things. All right, back in a bit. Hey, Spark, have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, the ghost! I'm the ghost of What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on, in fact. Why don't you go to HTTP? So you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? Alright, we're back. Uh, review a few things. Uh, first and foremost, we got um, the Equalizer Part Three. It's the latest in the Equalizer franchise. I don't know. I've heard it might be the last one too, but I don't know. I it definitely still leaves some plot points open. I feel like um, Spark. You also saw this movie what did you think of yes three um i quite enjoyed it it was uh we kind of talked about this off camera or off microphone it was more it's i it's weird to say it was more violent than expected when like the whole plot of the movies is denzel hurting and killing people but i just i would say the specific set set shots what they showed you how it just did feel a bit more visceral it felt a bit angrier like impersonal mm -hmm. um which you know i'll 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 keep we're not doing spoilers or well i anyway yeah. the some of the justification for why it's like i wish you just had said nothing because <laughs> it doesn't yeah. it makes him which, like, part of the theme of the movie that I did like is this kind of, am I a good person? Like, am I doing 
the right thing. The character is so much more interesting when there's doubt. Um, so, I get if that was intentional because they want you to question it. Yeah. But I. I uh, it's. I, yeah, go. There's some good ideas here. It's just also a very frustrating viewing experience as well. Um, for me, at least, like, the movie is not very long. It's like an hour and 43 minutes, I think. It could have been longer because I felt like the movie jumps so much between different elements of its story. Like, it begins and it's like, oh, you know, I want to make connections with these people in this Italian villa. And then it moves to like, oh, I'm going back to my old ways. <laughs> like, bro, like, I get it. But also, like, I kind of felt like there could have been a bit more to, like, set that up. And then, yeah, like, you think that they're going to, you know, have him and the main villain kind of, like, square off a bit more. They have, like, one interaction and then it just goes straight into, like, the final conflict of the movie. And I was just like, huh, like... There were some cool parts, but, like, it just... It felt like the movie rushed itself towards the conclusion. And I was just like, I, I could have used a bit more. Like, flesh out the time with uh, his character, Denzel's character, and, like, these people in the villa. And, like, set them up to have more of a connection. But, I don't know, it just seemed like they kind of rushed through that. Um, there are some parts in this movie that are just straight up fucked up. Like... Uh, not to spoil too much, but there's a point in the movie where Denzel's character, like, gives his character a load of drugs and then just, like, watches him OD, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I loved that. <laughs> I loved that scene. It's great, and it's just like, holy shit, what is, this movie is fucked up. It's great. I loved it. Um, and there's another scene, too, where, like, there's blood dripping from the ceiling, and the character wakes up, and he's like, Ooh, there's blood, and then and there's a big dropping reveal um i don't know like there's just stuff in this movie that was so cool but yeah i kind of like and i mostly like the characters and the plot and all that but yeah i just kind of felt like they could have used a bit more time to like set things up and kind of flesh it out a bit more i'm not saying you had to make the movie like too much longer but like making it even two two hours or maybe like two hours and ten minutes i could have definitely used a little bit more time in this world <clears throat> which is funny because i'm usually saying the other way like I'm usually saying, hey, trim things out from this movie. I don't need all this unnecessary BS. But in this case, I actually kind of wanted a little bit more in this world. Uh, but, yeah. The movie's good. I would agree. Um, I would agree, but just, I was more interested, as, as someone who loves romance, uh, they flirted with a love interest. Yes. Um, and kind of also did it do anything with that yeah. um like i thought that okay like he's found someone he's interested in or he's interested in him like they're the the bad guys are going to use that and it just kind of it really only served to like further justify his willingness to fight for these people which i thought he already had enough with the doctor and with somebody saving his life and then that somebody being assaulted and his family like he to me already had more than enough reason to jump in so i was i would have loved to have seen a scene where they 
because they kept saying like I don't know who he is and I'm like we'll figure it out start watching him like <laughs> take some proactive um, but I, this is all nitpicky I mean it these types of decisions make great movies and I would not say this movie is a great movie but I would say that I enjoyed it I said that it I would say it delivered on the type of action we're used to um, and I, you know, if you liked the first two, I will also say that I give props to these movies because they didn't make the same movie three times. Like they yes. started quite small in number one, and then they went huge. Like they really painted out the world that he lived in in number two, which was my favorite. And then three, they removed him fully from those people and then built a brand new world for him with a bit more self-doubt and self-realization self-actualization like what is my actually what does my life look like now so props to them on making three to me good d pretty decent to good movies yeah so yeah like i overall enjoyed this i just yeah i kind of felt like i could have been flushed out a bit more but yeah like don't get me wrong i still I still had a good time with this. This was more enjoyable than it has any right to be with like the premise that it had that it has and all this. Like, I don't know. Not to say that in a bad way, but like a lot of shows and movies, like they don't really have enough meat to justify an interesting story. And like, I'm surprised that you have like three movies of Denzel just like violently killing people, and they can still make it relatively interesting. So. Yeah. What would you uh, give this a score of? Uh, oof. Seven? Yeah. Six, seven, five. Okay. Yeah, I'm at a seven, too. So. Um. Okay. Yeah. I do think it's a good movie. I think if you, uh, you know, if you like the other two, you're going to like this one. And honestly, even if you just want, like, a good action movie this this ticks enough boxes that i think you'll enjoy it cool um all right and then uh love is the blind after the altar uh this is the continuation of the love is blind season four uh this time following the couples a year after they've been married or broken up or whatever uh and yeah it's largely a very uninteresting, unentertaining piece of content. Uh, all three of the couples that got married are still together, uh, which is good. But it's also, too, just like one of those things where it's like, I don't know, just felt very uninteresting. There wasn't as much to keep my interest over the three or four episodes that they had of this. Um, yeah. And then... Probably the big thing was the big fight at the uh, at this uh, dinner they all had, and even that was kind of like it was with uh, a couple that largely you would be not that surprised if they were starting a fight with other people. So I don't know, just there wasn't enough here to keep my interest. Um, so I'd give it like a six out of ten. It's not peak Love Is Blind content. Uh, next up is One Piece, uh, the anime adaptation that's now on Netflix. Um, never have watched any of the original anime, so I didn't know anything about this. 
going into it. It's okay. It's not the greatest, but it's okay. I don't know. It's they explain enough, uh, and they condense enough into this to like make it interesting and tell enough of the story. Because like there's like hundreds of episodes of the original show, and from what I kind of saw reading online afterwards, they condensed a lot of that into this live action series. Um, arguably, they could have like let it flesh itself out a little more, but it was interesting enough. Um, I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. Uh, there's a tease for a season 2, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll watch this. Um, Alright. And then The Wheel of Time, season 2. Um, also, uh, well, this is a show on Amazon Prime. I, I thought the first season was okay, not great. I did think the second season's a little bit better. Um, very, very heavy and condensed with, or dense with, like, the characters and the plots. You gotta be really following along if you want to be keeping up to date. Um, but I thought it was good. I, I do think that it still kind of has a lot of dense storytelling and it's easy to get lost, forget a character motivation or forget a character's name. Um, I don't know. It's... It's not an easy viewing experience, I would say that much. But if you can stick with it, it's entertaining enough. I'll give it an 8 out of 10 as well. Okay, and then finally Ahsoka Season 3. Or sorry, Season 1, Episode 3. Uh, good solid uh, episode. Was a little too short as some people have mentioned, but I overall enjoyed it. Um, I did think it could have been a little bit stronger in terms of uh, the story, but there was a cool action set piece, and they kept the story flowing well enough, so I'd give this like a 7 out of 10. I don't think it's going to be the most exciting episode looking back on it, but I'd be interested to see what they do next. Okay, let's talk about The Fugitive, um, a movie from 1993, which I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch it? Um, yeah, I, I didn't get to uh, finish it, but I, I watched some, and so I just created, like, highlights. I've seen it before. I mean, I was a okay. kid, but still. Yeah. Nice. Um, cool. What about you, Ryan? Have you seen the movie before? Uh, I had not seen the movie before, so that was interesting for me. Yeah. What, being a first-time watch for you, what did you think of the movie? Um, I actually, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was just um, a pretty, like, like I know that it's like a classic, just like action movie, and it definitely just seemed like that. I also really like that, um, like, I don't think it's based on anything. Like, it's just an original property, and it was just cool to, like, watch, uh, watch just, like, this original IP that, you know, I kind of been done before, just an original story, and it was just such a, like, such a classic quintessential action movie and um and i think i think it's also one of the only movies i've seen harrison ford in that wasn't um indiana jones or star wars either oh wild yeah 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 i know it's, cool. there's like a 1963 tv series but like i don't think too many people 
I watched that show. I don't. Yeah. I also think too they took a lot of creative liberties in changing it, but like yeah. the base kind yeah. of thing of yeah, position sentence to death. You know, kind of more or less stays the same. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is this is one of those movies that like I don't think is like some of the greatest movies ever or anything, but like every time I put it on, I always have a fun time watching it, and I. I do think it, the movie kind of stumbles a little bit closer to the ending. I think the movie's more interesting when it's um, Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford kind of like pursuing each other throughout, uh, you know, the various cities there and whatnot. Like that to me is more interesting. And then when you get to the end with the whole like pharmaceutical conspiracy and all that stuff, you know, who's the one-armed man? Like, I don't know. It kind of loses a little bit of luster for me, but... I still, I still enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was just like a good, uh, good cat and mouse through Chicago. I thought, I, I agree. I thought that was like a, that was probably the best. The best parts were those parts when they're just after each other. Although there's a scene where they go into like some halfway house, or I don't know, it was like some kind of like disheveled house. And Tommy Lee Jones' character put on, puts on an outfit like a disguise, and it looks so stupid. And I was just like, "Who let him put his own his own costume? Because it looks ridiculous." But yeah, Spark, what do you think of this movie? Yeah, I mean, I um, I don't like I I because I'm not a big Star Wars or Indiana Jones person. A lot of my Harrison Ford interactions are this movie and then air force one um and he uh it's just i mean i hadn't seen this movie in a very long time my mom uh always would like comment on how good looking harrison ford was and i was too young of course to really have an opinion (laughs) on that type of stuff uh i was seven years old this movie came out six or seven for those listening anyway I am an adult now, and Harrison Fuller Ford is quite old now, so it was nice to see, like, oh yeah, this this was a leading man, especially at the time. That's that is the that that was a prototypical lead guy, like him and Richard Gere, cleaning up. John Travolta a little bit, but he he was a bit effeminate um, for the time, but that kind of brooding man but like not these you know jack dudes that we see now anyway uh it just it was they'd be like oh yeah this is what we used to really hold up anyway my favorite part uh of the the rewatch that i did was actually the hospital um because it's like <laughs> it's i don't know the kid the like black kid that was sick or whatever um it was they didn't <laughs> i i don't know if they gave him no lines or they just only because he because Harrison Ford is like what's wrong kid he's like my chest hurts and then Harrison Ford is like oh okay well how are you doing and he's like my chest he just like says that over and over uh, and it's not supposed to be funny it's supposed to be heart heartwarming that a man you know running from the law would still take the time uh, but it it was it was the part that stuck out to me as a bit of I don't know bad writing or bad acting or both um, but. Uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, he won an Oscar for this, and I can't say it was deserved because I truly do not remember his competition. Um, but the only the other thing, Tommy Lee Jones, similar to what you were saying before, I know him from Batman and from Men in Black, and that's it. So 
uh, kind of a reminder that he that he was not that he, I'm not saying not that he did those movies poorly, but that this dude, uh, especially the scene with the sheriff when the sheriff's like, "Okay, never mind, <laughs> case is over," and he's like, "You idiot, <laughs> like absolutely not, do all this." It was nice to see him in a, in a more serious role and, and, and remind what what he was capable of. So I'm looking at the at the Oscars, yeah. Um... Schindler's List won Best Picture, although the Fugitive as it was, should. The, the Fugitive was nominated, which yeah, I definitely would put Schindler's List above the Fugitive. Uh, a... Funny enough, uh, he did not get even nominated for Best Actor. What? Yeah, Liam. Uh, but who? There, there is one win from this movie, and it was uh, Tommy Lee Jones as yeah. Um, that's important. Which honestly, he kind of steals this movie. Like, yeah, he's so good in this movie. Honestly, so. Well, he's like kind of funny and like, but not in like a haha way. Kind of just in a, like I'm surrounded by idiots <laughs> kind yeah. of way. Like no one knows what's going on but me. But they played it straight, which yeah. I don't know. Um, who else was who, who? Who did he beat? Does it does it say? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Ralph Fiennes Schindler's List, John Malkovich, John Malkovich from In the Light of Fire, and I didn't see that. Pete Postlewaite from In the Name of the Father. So I don't know what that is either. But that's crazy. He beat out Ralph Fiennes. Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Did they see the movie? <laughs> Did yeah. they see Schindler's List, bro? Oh my gosh! Probably the Oscar voters were like watching Schindler's List, and they're like, "Let's get too boring. Let's let's put on the Fugitive, watch uh, Tommy Lee Jones chase down." And what's eating Gilbert Grape was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I'm pissed off that Tommy won. I take it all back. <laughs> no, good for Tommy, but he didn't deserve it. No, no. I'm sorry. There, there was better performances that year. But, I, I mean, he is the best performance in this movie. Don't get me wrong, but, yeah. Correct. In the grand scheme of uh, movies at that time, no. Cool. Uh, what would we give this movie a score of? Um, eight? Seven and a half? Eight? Yeah, I'm sitting around a seven and a half and an eight. I think I gave it an eight on Letterbox, or a four. Yeah, I also gave it a four or an eight out of ten on Letterbox. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Like I said, it's not like a top tier movie. It's not a movie I'm gonna put on, like, you know, with any real urgency. But anyways, um. All right, uh, well, until next time, everybody. Don't know what the movie club is, but we'll, we'll sort that out. Uh, but yeah, until next time, bye for now. Bye.